Hi friends, welcome to another Rahela Stepper. This one is with Rachel Paris. Um, as you may have noticed in the news, some stuff's going on in the world which has mildly affected our schedule. Uh, we have about 10 more podcasts to go. We're going to put them out weekly from now on to cover the time. Uh, but the run at Leicester Square Theatre has been postponed. So if you bought tickets, you should be able to use them to reschedule for dates at some point in the future if we get through this thing. Um, uh, there'll be refunds if you can't reschedule, I'm sure. Uh, but yes, yeah, sadly, those are all gone. The James Acaster 021 might go ahead, but probably without an audience. So if you won tickets to that, um, it, you will have to watch it being streamed. Uh, it will go out on the regular channels as always. Uh, and I am going to start using Twitch. If you go to twitch.tv slash rkherring, you can follow me. Um, and uh, then you'll get notifications of when I'm going live. I'm going to do some snooker, some stone clearing, maybe some games, and maybe some live streaming of Rahalastapa when we're back up and running, but also maybe a few little Rahalastapas uh, to keep us going with our audiences. We will see. Um, if you are an Amazon Prime member, you can subscribe to us, give us $4.95 in dollars, I think, for free. You get one a month that you can give to anyone you want. It doesn't auto-renew, so you have to go back every month and do it. But if you feel like giving us some free money with Amazon Prime, join Twitch, link up your accounts, and uh, give us that subscription that will cost you nothing and give us a bit of money to hopefully pay for some of the filming. So anyway, I'm really sorry that we'll, we've lost some great Rahela Stippers. We did luckily get the one with Michael Palin and also with Ashlyn B. So those will be coming up in about eight or nine weeks. Um, but for now, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Rahal Last Dapper with Rachel Paris. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's so tired he left his Stranger Thing notebook at home. It's Richard Herring. <laughs> Naturally. Um, welcome to the show. Uh, uh, welcome to Richard Herring's Lady Slipper Trying On podcast. Is um, got to come up with a new thing for your podcast. There's so many podcasts now, aren't there? You've got to come up with a new idea. My new idea for podcast is to steal the slippers of various female celebrities. And then just each week I'll just try them on, let you know how they feel <laughs> on my feet. It's a good idea. So I hope that should... So it's not, it's not in a sexual way necessarily. <laughs> Depending on the slipper. So, uh, but I was, uh, I had some friends over to look at my lava lamp the other day. Fucking <laughs> okay, hell. I just Googled cool things from the 1960s. Mine is actually a lamp made out of lava though, so it's pretty exciting. Uh, and the lava formed the letters Rahela Stopper. So I don't, that's, I, don't that's gonna, I don't know if that's gonna catch on. When I was stone clearing the other day, I don't know if you listened to the stone clearing podcast. You should if you don't. It's very good. Um, I found a stone with LST, like, formed on it. The middle, and it, that's scary, isn't it? It didn't even strike me till afterwards. Uh, that was the square theatre. It was just on the stone. I'm not, I haven't gone mad. Uh, so, um, I was in Manchester this week uh, on my uh, tour. It's so nice to be in London. I hate all the provinces. I have to say, the people there... <laughs> People, I'm nice to them when I'm there, but they're so horrible. It's so, it's just so nice to be back in a civilized city. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, I stayed in it. I was up there with Chris Evans, not that one. He was coming to film it. Uh, and uh, he put me up. Usually just stay in a travel, well, a Premier Inn or something like that. We stayed in their Midland Hotel, which is a very posh uh, hotel. And like, just me and him, I thought, oh, this is, what's going on here? Why is he... We got in there, I thought, well, he's going to try something on. He's going, oh, they've just... Oh, no, they've accidentally put... That's into the same... Oh, no, it's a double bed. Well, we'll just... But his plan went awry because they got two rooms for us, so that was good. But uh, I went downstairs for... There was a very, it was a very nice hotel if you want to stay in central Manchester and spend a lot of money, uh, then do that. Uh, and uh, I went down for breakfast, nice breakfast, and there were some ladies came in in these pink T-shirts saying, wake up, right across their bosoms. It said, wake up, which it woke me up <laughs> immediately. Uh, and uh, they started coming in one by one. I thought it'd be quite funny if they weren't together. They just happened to be wearing the same... <laughs> Uh, t-shirts but then I looked at the t-shirts properly it says wake up to ginseng something or other okay so they were obviously going out to promote some ginseng kind of pick me up thing instead of coffee but what I noticed is every single woman uh, who was around that table was drinking coffee and not drinking ginseng so it's, it's not that good that's what I'm gonna say also you're already awake aren't you by the time you've woken up you're already awake so they might have had it in their room beforehand but they were still awake when they had it I think the only way it can work is if you have it in some kind of pill form that you lodge in your cheek and that dissolves over eight hours and then, and then it wakes you up. That's the, only, that's the only way it's going to work as an idea. Told you it wasn't going to be very good. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to... I, I, look, what's this? What is this? I, I did all my... I worked very hard today. I did all my notes about the guests for this and for next week's show. I was got well prepared. <laughs> But let's get really prepared. Uh, and uh, and I, I packed up the car and thought, I must go back for the notebook and my computer and stuff. And I went back for the notebook and the computer. But I didn't pick up my... No, I left my notebook at home. So luckily I had this notebook in my... And by the matter, I thought I'm going to have to get my wife to put it in a taxi and drive it. Then I realised you could just take a photo of it. So I've just, I've just, cop just copied it out. It's been fine. Uh, so... There we go. Blistering a stand-up. That's what's happened to me in the last 48 fucking hours. What do you expect? How many funny things have happened to you in 40 hours? Nothing. In a podcast. Oh, I'll just say what happened in the other podcast, shall I? <laughs> anyway, my guest this week, I'm in a very good mood. <laughs> She's going to have a lovely time. My guest this week is possibly best known, according to IMDb, and I just, I'm wondering if this one is true, as the editor of India in a Day. Seems unlikely. Uh, she's also, of course, you'll know her from Impossible Celebrities. Uh, it's Rachel Barris, ladies and gentlemen. Rachel, Rachel Barris. Welcome. Come and sit down. How are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. I'm very good. I really enjoyed your notebook story. Thank you. It was good, wasn't it? It's really nice. I mean, I really just picked that out of my ass. Yeah. You wouldn't know. I, I, I know you know what it's like with improv. You have to script it and learn it. Uh, I, I actually improvised that. Can I tell them that? Yeah, you can, like, yeah. I'm, I'm in an improvised show called Ostentatious, and this week we got, we've had them before, but we got just the most textbook email uh, saying uh, about the show, uh, I was up for it until I realised the stooge, the stooge who um, suggested the title of the show was really obviously set up. Not a single moment of your show is improvised. You shouldn't pretend that it is. <laughs> I can't get over the pretense just accept that you follow a script. And it was like, oh my God, this is so brilliant. Like the idea that we could possibly rehearse and learn 
We've now done, I think, like 800 shows. <laughs> the time it would take, we're not paid enough for that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's just easier to make things up as you yeah. go along and just hope for the best, isn't as it? As you know. Yeah, just pull a... All you do is just pull a face at the end when it hasn't worked or say, oh, that didn't work, and then that's it. <laughs> I, could, I could do improv. <laughs> Uh, India in a day, is that you? It's on your IMDb page. No, it's not the me. Editor, the editor it's not me, but I'm day. offended that you think I couldn't be an editor as well. <laughs> just seemed unlikely you'd have one editing credit and it being about India. I just just gave unlikely. it a go. <laughs> no, that's not me. There is another Rachel Paris. Well, she's on your IMDb page. Uh, were you in Impossible Celebrities? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was how'd, you get, how'd you get on that? Because I love quiz shows. I did all right. Did you? I did all right, yeah. Um, other people on it included Debbie McGee. Okay, that's good. H from Steps. Wow. And um, Spencer Matthews from Made in Chelsea. Oh, yeah, there's always one of those um, on. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> Debbie McGee was lovely, yeah. and she and the producers still don't know this. Um, when I was like in the hot seat type situation, she um, whispered the answer to me. <laughs> oh my goodness! I wouldn't have known. Wow! And I, I sort of won that round on the back of it. Debbie McGee, this what a like, cheat! This is like, this is like the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire coughing, sneezing <laughs> major, isn't it's, it? It's as high octane as that. <laughs> it is. They'll make more. a they'll make a drama about yeah. you, you and Debbie McGee. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. Would you like to play yourself or would you like to play Debbie McGee in that? Oh, Sophie's choice. Um, <laughs> I think I could play Debbie McGee, but, but who would play Paul Daniels? Um, well. He's <laughs> 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 not, not so well these days. So uh, it's, um, we recorded this a long time ago. You don't know when we recorded this. Uh, at, Good. Well, it was amazingly, it's only two years since you were on this show. I thought I know. it was. So it's lovely to have you back. And you were on this show, and then just everything exploded for you, didn't it? Just everything went amazingly yeah. well. So I, I, you don't need to thank me, but that's just one of, one of the things. It was all doing okay. And then you came on the show, you became the. Uh, you won the t 2018 Female First Comedian of the Year as a result of being on this podcast <laughs> up against. Tiffany Haddish. I mean, this is pretty good. Ellen DeGeneres and yeah, uh, Amy wanna, Schumer. I don't want to do down that award, and I'm really grateful for it. But it was like, <laughs> but it wasn't like you know the Oscars where you're like genuinely against those people. It's like who notices the voting online, <laughs> votes for that. And I think there's quite a lot of sort of British fans of the Mash Report who voted for it. But I nonetheless, I, I am better than Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, that's that is very good. And, you know, once you've been on my, my show, your YouTube videos were getting, like, 60 million hits and stuff. Yeah. Which is, like, more than I get on my YouTube videos. <laughs> so that's really impressive <laughs> that the podcast helped you that much. I mean, it's like, I get about 10,000 of mine. So for you to get 60 million, that's... It even It's out. incredible, isn't yeah. it, the way that works out? I feel like you are waiting for me to say thank you. Don't have to The MASH report started... Uh, the, ma the MASH... I'll just, I'll, I'll just I'll I'll take say it at it. the I'll end. Okay. Um, <laughs> the MASH report kind of kicked in big time, didn't it? In that yeah. sort of a, a couple of years ago, basically. Yeah, like when, when we had our podcast before, I felt then, I think the MASH report had been going for like three weeks or something, yes. and I felt then like, I've made it. <laughs> I was like, yes. And I thought, that's why you've got me on. <laughs> I've hit the peak of my stardom. Um, and... Um, it's not that I have uh, sort of reached stardom since then, but it but then a f just a few weeks after the podcast, as yeah. you say, um, 
this sort of, uh, it was a very modern phenomenon. Like the, a couple of the clips went very, very viral, yeah. very quickly. I suppose that's what going viral means, is yeah. that it happens quickly. <laughs> um, but but that, what, what I wouldn't have known, obviously, unless it's you in the clip and you having sort of co-written it, is that it, um, the impact it actually has on your life, because you would assume, I'd have assumed before that happening to anyone else, that it wouldn't really make any difference right. if you're all over the internet, all over the world. Um, and obviously, two clips going viral doesn't mean you're not like suddenly actually famous but it it really did it was amazing the difference within a month things like that i've been that i dreamt of doing for 10 years were suddenly opened all the doors that are closed to you as a comedian that you want to happen are suddenly open just because a clip went viral so uh i sort of you know within a couple of months was offered mock the week you know uh Things like uh, within that year, live at the Apollo. Um, suddenly, a tour, like you know, I was touring at the time. Yeah. I was touring fifty seaters around the UK that I'd booked myself. I just booked my own tour, turned up with my keyboard, played my songs to fifty people, had a lovely time. Um, but now could sort of sell out like big theatres, yeah, yeah. so, and that was the best effect. That was the best thing was that I could <clears> actually <throat> sell seats. Deliberately, rather than like <laughs> Karen from Norwich booking to go somewhere on a Wednesday night because she wanted to get out of the house. <laughs> now I could play on a Friday night and people would actually want to see me <laughs> instead of it being like an accident, which it had been before. Um, so it did, it was a big yeah. change. It was a big change. I mean, I saw you being, I can't remember who, it was, it, was, it got to America, obviously. I mean, there was, yeah. there was, there was one you did about uh, Me Too. Which yeah, was yeah, with, yeah, the sexual this. harassment one. Yeah, that was probably the biggest one. Um, and then the one about Trump and... Trump and uh, Piers, Morgan, Piers Morgan, which had the very famous image of... Uh, <laughs> I mean, sort of, I mean, you're kissing his ass, but rimming him, basically. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and I think that, in fact, led to me getting into a Twitter spat with Piers Morgan, where he threatened to beat me up. Because <laughs> I called him a fascist... I think like, someone called him a fascist enabling cunt, and I said, yeah, he is a fascist enabling cunt. Uh, and then he said, yeah, if you come and say that to my face, and I'll... And you were like, I mean, you yeah. definitely would. I, def- I said, I definitely would next yeah. time. <laughs> like, who does he think he's talking to? <laughs> of course you would. Have me on the show, and I'll do it. Have me on this one. <laughs> um, but... Uh, um, but did you? Was it Judd Apatow? There's people like that that were retweeting. There was some big uh, American. I don't, I don't really know. Like a lot, yeah. of, a lot of big people did. Uh, like yeah, like um, well, it started off like little heroes of my heroes of mine, like Caitlin Moran and people yeah. like that retweeting it. And then yeah, I think re- uh, like Sarah Silverman and um, uh, like Paul Feig and all the Paul SNL Feig. people yeah, and. Um, uh, Anna Kendrick, who well. I love, people like that, and just really kind of uh, not always like hugely f- famous, but just people who I've always thought, oh, they're amazing, they're yeah. cool. Um, so it, it was amazing, but I did get a lot of messages from people in really just random places all over the world um, saying, oh, I, I really like your clip, or even I learned a lot from your clip, which is worrying. <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to be a joke, and they're like, this was an education. <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, like, a, a lot of shit as well. Yeah. Inevitably. Of course. Uh, that was before I learned about um, Twitter uh, regulation <laughs> for yourself, so you don't see, like, every single person right. who calls you a cunt. Um, <laughs> and now I've, I've checked that, so I only, see, I only see every sort of two or three people who do it. Yeah. <laughs> but you can extrapolate from the ones you get to yeah, know how many there are. Yeah, of course. 
You just do the maths know. yourself. You're just like, times that by five is yeah, probably about right, yeah. Um, and when you're really famous people uh, tweeting and retweeting you, are you tempted to go, oh, he oh, hello, would you like to put me in Bridesmaid 3 or whatever next <laughs> to Paul Feig? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you do that? Um, because um, probably I, that's what you probably should do. I don't know if you did do it, but it's probably what... I probably should have. My agent probably wishes I had. <laughs> um, but you, I think, actually, to be, to be totally honest, and this isn't very sort of funny, sorry, uh, you, you should cut this bit out. Okay, but no. it wasn't... It didn't... At, at the time, it was so intense and surprising and sudden that um, I didn't want to. I kind of wanted to withdraw. Right, I yeah. got very scared of it um, and kind of didn't want to be offered too, too many things and because then it was just this choice of like um they all felt like life-changing hugely life-encompassing decisions to right. make uh, out of nowhere I just had normal Christmas and like you know <laughs> just coming home from my parents in Leicester I remember we had an ostentatious rehearsal out of signal for one evening this was when the Trump Morgan one went out and I came out of suddenly got signal one evening and I got um, I had a text from my mum going Rachel, call me immediately. Uh, I had a text from the producer going, hey, um, I really, really hope you're all right. Please call me if you need me. And I hadn't seen what it was about. And it was, it was, fucking, it was terrifying. Right. And, it, 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 and then I got invited on like all the talk shows, like Sunday brunch and all those things. And I didn't really want to talk about it because I felt like it was just a thing I did on a show. I didn't feel like I especially... I did think it was true what we said on that show, but I didn't feel like the messenger for that whole opinion. I didn't really want to carry that as a person, and um, I found it really overwhelming. But in answer to your question, a shorter answer is yes, <laughs> if it's the right person. Anna Kendrick, who I've now mentioned twice, um, who I love, um, she retweeted something. Uh, I think more than retweeted. I think she might have even like tweeted me and Nish about... I can't remember what piece it was now. And I messaged her, just going, hi, Anna Kendrick. <laughs> I think you're really cool. And I really said, I really went for it. I said, um, I really loved you in Pitch Perfect. <laughs> in Pitch Perfect 2. I thought you were excellent in, um, in uh, Into the Woods. I think you've got a beautiful singing voice. <laughs> and I said all that. And she replied. And she said, oh, my God, I'm a fan of yours. I love the match report. You and Nish have got an amazing chemistry. Hope to see you soon. Oh, and she never got in touch. <laughs> Did but you she will. She will. I'm yeah. free tonight. Are you free tonight? <laughs> I will fly there. I will pay for it. I will fly yeah, she never has, but I feel no. like we're best friends. That's good. I think you definitely are. Yeah. And she's correct. I think that's... it was. I like the Mashable right from the beginning, but I think it sort of really kicked in that series, especially the relationship between the two of you. I think they yeah. kind of... Because you were sort of you being used as, a, as, as someone sort of doing the, a Twitter sort of parody thing in the first series, yeah. and then it became more of the character of Rachel Paris within yes, that Yes, exactly. Show. Yeah, they sort of like upped the character yeah. a little bit more, and they, they got me... Because um, I wasn't... Uh, the first... That little four-week start thing when I was just doing the tweets um, and yeah. I wasn't writing on it no, and then okay. they yeah gave me a bigger bit and got me writing on it so um yeah but the the relationship between me and Nish everyone's always been like who thought that up like <laughs> whose idea was that and it's like no that just happens <laughs> I, that has just happened very organically <laughs> between yeah. us but now it really pissed me off now loads of people are having that relationship with Nish yeah. like you see him on everything and he's always having a sort of passive aggressive patronizing relationship with a female <laughs> comedian and i'm like i did that first i patronized him first 
Uh, well, it's, it's lovely. And, uh, and you weren't in this last series so much because you were... On honeymoon. You were on honeymoon. I think that's sort of fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you'll be back. There's more He's next year. He's coming back. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea if I'm allowed to say that or not. Okay. So um, don't tell anyone. Well, it's, um, this doesn't go out for ages. As long as everyone <laughs> keeps it quiet in here. This lot didn't tell anyone that Stephen Fry tried to commit suicide until it came out, until the podcast came That's out. So nice. I think we're safe. Yeah, very discreet. I very think they just didn't realise they could make fifty pounds by going to the sun. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so is now that... you know. Get fifty on the quid is that yeah. what they paid? I think you get something like that, don't you, for breaking a story. <laughs> Breaking um, your life story. Yes, I w- that's right, yeah. So it is coming back uh, next year. Good, because I missed you. I thought it needs, a, it needs Rachel Paris. Thanks. I can't wait to do it again. The, though the people who were on it were excellent, excellent as well. Excellent as well. Excellent but as it well. needs you. <laughs> get rid of those ones. <laughs> and Nish. Get rid of Nish. He's no good. Put Michael Sheen in. <laughs> that's what we need. Um, you mentioned Leicester. Uh, you were brought, you were brought up in a place called Siston, Is that right? Siston? <laughs> no. What is it? Where is it? Where is it? How'd you say it? Siston. Oh, okay. Siston. Same thing. It looks like Siston. That's what I would call it. Where pucker pies are made. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you know much about pucker pies. Of course, I'm... I know about pucker pies. I'm from Siston. <laughs> um. It puts me off that they're called pucker pies because it sort of implies there's something you know you don't go this 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 pie's fine <laughs> it's, it's a good pie that's not how you sell a pie yeah they might as well call them like acceptable pies <laughs> pies which have officially passed the test <laughs> yeah. so I'm I'm suspicious of them is it the same people who make pucker pads as make pucker pies I don't know that okay sorry but it'd be my a weird brother, thing but to my brother out. did briefly work in the pucker pie factory did he and I can tell you now that. I don't think those pies are to be recommended. Okay. <laughs> in, in case you were wondering. Did your brother never return from the no, pucker pies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was very brief, but then he just disappeared. <laughs> I found his ring in a pie. <laughs> I, you're making up your own jokes, aren't you? <laughs> What's the best thing apart from pucker pies in Syston, sister? In Syston? Um... Well, Terry Dwyer yeah. is from Syston. Well, you know what? You're not on the Wikipedia page as notable residents. What? There's Terry Dwyer is from Hollyoaks. Well, right, rightly so, to be uh, fair. Do you remember Ruth from Hollyoaks? Yeah. yeah, of course you do. So she's from Syston. Yeah. Dave Bartram from Shawaddywaddy. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have his own page, that guy. But but he is he's, on the he's on the, no, he's on the notable residence. No Rachel Paris in there. Wow, this this does feel like a slur. It does. <laughs> it's a terrible thing. So anyway, was it? Was, I, I lived in Loughborough for a while. Which did you? Not too far I went away. to school in Loughborough. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which school did you go to? Loughborough High School. Oh yeah, it's a good school. Yeah. I was I went to Cobden uh, uh, Infant School. Did you? And Emmanuel Emmanuel Infant School probably in Cobden Junior School is where I went oh, to nice. in Loughborough. And then we got out of Loughborough. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, the whole of Leicestershire's pretty dire, isn't it? So you were... No. <laughs> no, it's not. Is it not? No, bits of it are, but bits Loughborough's of... bad, though, isn't it? Loughborough's pretty hot, shoddy. I don't know. I can't separate my experience of Loughborough like, as a schoolgirl and sort of like pre-teenage, like going out clubbing and yeah. all of those experiences. And I, I, I haven't really noticed any particular difference between going out shopping or clubbing or anything like that in Loughborough and really most other cities you well, know nightclubs from... are nightclubs yeah. pubs are pubs they've got some nice pubs they've got some nice clubs I've been back to Loughborough quite recently and it feels like going into like 
a world where they've just recreated the 1970s. You know, it feels like a tourist attraction where you can go and find out what the 1970s were like. <laughs> Except there's a couple of mobile phone shops ruining it. I can't really, I can't really remember. No offence, Loughborough. Like we went, because also, because I didn't live... Yeah, no, well, I'm not You're being them. nice you're to them. I mean, you're really defending I'm Loughborough being nice to the hilt. Um, but also, but Leicester has got like, it's got dives where it hasn't but it's it's also got like some beautiful places the city center is now really lovely it's like been massively like overhauled i would say it was quite ropey when i was growing up but it's been like massively overhauled it's really nice um and there's loads of like lovely countryside around it to go walking in it's mm. it's nice i mean i don't want to live there but it, <laughs> it's nice but i just always i've always i just i love london yeah i felt like a londoner the week I moved here, even though I was like in Ealing, <laughs> which is clearly not London. Um, it's so far away. But I was like, yeah, in like a living in a, a tower block in in Ealing, working for Stagecoach in Stevenage. Wow, Ooh, at the time, and um, I just I just loved London straight away. I was just like, this is where I'm meant to be, and I should have moved here earlier. Yeah, I wish I had. Should have moved here like when you were four. Yeah. <laughs> No pucker pies, though. I might as well have moved here when I was four for all that the Syston Wikipedia page says. <laughs> exactly. I'm very surprised you're not on there. Um, and, you know, slightly offended on your behalf, but not that much. Um, so I'm going to ask you some emergency questions. Yes. Uh, they're going to be uh, fairly random. I'll, I'll ask you some of the uh, newer ones that aren't in the book. Um, Do you know them off by heart? I know. Some, some new, I've been asking some of these nearly every time recently because I like this one. Uh, if you could have one item from any museum or art gallery, take home and keep. Any art gallery museum in the world, they all get together and say, you're allowed one thing and it's yours. What one piece of art or object of history or anything would you like to own? Um, I'd quite like... Um, well, quite. <laughs> take it or leave it. Um, <laughs> I'd like... Because um, obviously I can't remember everything I've ever seen in a museum, but no. I do remember I saw the massive Monet paintings in Paris this okay. year the really, really big ones that take the whole room. And I thought, that would be such a nice thing. Yeah. It's nice to see some art that you'd actually like to see in your house. Yeah. And you wouldn't have to wallpaper that wall. Exactly. So I'd have, I'd have the Monet paintings okay, from the... Good. Whatever it's called in Paris. Yeah. Whatever it's called. Or, the Orangery? Or? Oh, the Orangery. Yeah, I don't know. Good. good I was course. there, but I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> the, big, the big ones. Good. That's all right. I was thinking, I was tend to mention this, I've, I've had a few choices myself, and the recent podcast, I wanted La Pieta from uh, the uh, St. Peter's or St. Paul's in the Vatican, whatever that church is. It's, it's Jesus being carried by his mother, or, or Mary Magdalene, we couldn't work out which one it was. Oh. I think it's his mum, he's on the yeah. cross. He's oh, down yeah, off the cross, yeah, yeah. his mum's holding on to her. It's, it's oh, nice, it's... nice bit of... Uh, he did that when he was uh, 24, Leonardo da Vinci, I think really? it is. Yeah. He's a bit bleak. Yeah, but you know, I like I, that's my favourite bit when Jesus is dead. <laughs> it's only it's a very small period where it, it's the best bit. He's dead. Think, oh, thank God for that. He was such went on, didn't he? He was going on. Think, I wonder what's going to happen next. Oh, he's back. <laughs> it's like the Walking Dead, literally. <laughs> Keep killing people and letting them back in again. So yeah, so that's my new one. Uh, there we go. What is the most famous person you've been in a lift with that you didn't get into the lift with? Um, I think it's Peter Andre. Is it? That's good. Yeah. What, and what I, bless him, he was so... No, it was in the London studios when we were filming the MASH report and um, he was doing a, a, a morning programme, I think. And um, 
he was he was so nice for the brief two words we spoke because I think that he was under the impression from my I've never met I've never seen him before and he feels so familiar to me from like because the age I grew up like mysterious girl was such a big thing and so I greeted him like oh hi (laughs) like that and uh he he sort of I felt I tricked him into thinking that he knew me (laughs) so he was like oh, hey, how you doing? Nice to see you. Like that. And I was yeah. like, oh, I'm fine. It's nice to see you. <laughs> but we, that, is, that is all we said to each other. But I think I made a good impression. Yeah. He was very... He was, he, but I got the impression he was a nice man. He is nice, but I think he likes girls who don't say hello to him. But he likes mysterious girls, doesn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, that's... Triple <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd have done I if went I'd been so there. against type. You did. <laughs> but maybe like maybe everyone tries to be mysterious and yeah, he just yeah. wants the direct approach. Yeah, I should have I should have been like oh, <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Myster- mysterious and badly French. <laughs> <laughs> so this week on my drive back from Manchester, yeah. for some reason I I started thinking about I think it's just because you get old, you start thinking, you know, your life concertinas and you start thinking about missed opportunities and things yeah. that have gone wrong and like a really weird thing came to mind about a girl who used to work in Sainsbury's in Ballam right who I would go into Sainsbury's in Ballam and I was uh, and we just had a like there was a little frisson between us did okay? you used to live in Ballam I did yeah I live in Ballam there you go well let's see if the girl's still there at yeah. Sainsbury's she won't be so nice now it was quite a long time ago <laughs> if she's still in Sainsbury's it's going to be a disappointment for me um <laughs> But she was working and she was, oh, she recognised me from, like, the TV, I think. She was, oh, hello. And there was a little bit of... We were both a bit kind of breathy and I'd go there and I would deliberately choose her cue for quite a while and and just buy the stuff and then go, oh, nice to see you, bye. And then on the last day she was in there, she went, oh, I'm going back to... She was... I was about 25 and she was at university. And she said, I'm going back to university tomorrow. And I went, oh, okay, well, see you, bye. But I should have said... Do you Let's want to go, go out for, for a drink? drink no. Oh, yeah. And I was just thinking... and it, Also, at that time, I was, like, really lonely. I was going back home on my own and, uh, you know, just eating pot noodles and drinking yeah. and was too shy to go out and talk to anyone. On the other hand, she might have said no. Yeah, she probably would have. <laughs> I'm just wondering if... Uh, if she listened... Maybe she listens... Come see, come sign. If she... Know. But she might be listening to the podcast. Yeah. If she's listening to the podcast, just let me know if you would have said yes. <laughs> Because in a way, it's a nicer story that nothing happened. If I, if I chagged her, it wouldn't yeah. be a story, would it? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have told it on here. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's weird to have that. I've got this sort of romantic regret. Yeah. So I was going to... I think there's a podcast. I was saying this to you backstage. I think there's a podcast in regret. I don't know if anyone's done one, but ask, getting people on to ask about the things they regret most in their lives. But it doesn't have to be big things. It can be yeah. little things like that. Do you have romantic regrets? Um, if I do, then... Because I, I... Unlike you, yeah. I feel like I have... <laughs> you are very confident. If you wanted to sleep with someone, you'd say, let's go for it. No, no not okay. that. But I feel like I, I, I would regret doing rather than not doing because okay. I feel like I've <laughs> done it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've done it all, but I still regret the ones I didn't do. Right, I, don't, right, I don't really right. regret the ones I did do. Um, I don't feel like I sort of passed over many opportunities, <laughs> um, which I I'm glad about. Yeah, I had a lovely time. Good. Um, I think I think my uni years I really felt uh, in love with and obsessed by one man who was not interested in having a relationship <laughs> with me, and I think. 
those are the years when you're sort of finding out who you are and yeah. like I think I, I think I slightly sort of would have done myself a favour with moving on from that idea a bit quicker. I'm trying to think there's any like there there is some sex that I regret. Yeah. Just the the sort of like very brief like what <laughs> I'm, I'm not offending anyone really by saying this. Like things that meant <laughs> nothing to either of us. Yeah. Um over the like you feel like, oh well with that but but then no, I, I no. Haven't, haven't really got... I feel like all of the, the people you meet and all of the romantic relationships you have lead you sort of to where you are now, and I feel yeah. very happy with where I am now. I think it's more... I mean, it's, it's more than that. that it's, it's more I regret being... I, I wish I'd just had the... Con, you know, I wish I had the confidence just to say, do you want to go for a drink? And even if she said no, then that would still be better than not... You know, to be in your mid-20s and still like that. I was like that as a, as a kid. Yeah. Basically, the only sex I had was with people who said, do you want to have sex with me? And they go, oh, OK, yeah, that's fine. That was, and I did it. <laughs> I did it with everyone who said that. What do you... <laughs> what do you think about the difference between men and women with that? In that I think there is still now... Like, I look at, like, all the people that I've been in relationships with or been out with or had sex with, and the times when I've done the approaching have been very minimal, and I think because... Because there is that... Yeah. That, that, that difference there still now. Because I feel like we live in you know, much more um, uh, times of equality and it, it shouldn't still be that way, but it, it still sort of is. I think it is. Sarah Pascoe was on last week and she was, I mean, her book discusses that and that, you know, that women are meant to wait for and the men are meant to, and she has sort of sympathy for men for being, that the onus being on you. It's, it's ridiculous. It's I do as well. Thing. I really do. And I really think as well, um, <laughs> as well, I don't think many people think this anymore, but that old idea of like that... Um, that women should conceal the number of people that the number of people they've slept with, and it should be sort of lower. And a man's a, a lad if he's slept with loads of people. But actually, I think the truth is probably a lot of women have probably slept with a hell of a lot more people than men have, because they get offered it so much more. <laughs> so if you're quite an open-minded person and quite up for it, then there's quite a good chance you've slept with quite a lot of men. Yeah, I know I have. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be equal, though, at the end of the day. That's the, that's whatever, for heterosexual relationships, yeah. men and women have had the same amount of sex. It's not, not, on any of the, not any of the statistics you'll see. It's always but men are about ten more than women when you ask them what the, how many they've yeah. had sex with. So women are lowering it by five and men are upping it by five. Yeah, yeah. But it's got to be equal, hasn't it? There's always, if it's heterosexual... I mean, unless someone... Even if you're having sex with two people at the same time, it's still the same number Oh, I see sex. what you mean. You're yeah. talking about science. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, talking about mathematics. Yeah, got, maths, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, there's always a man and a woman every time a man and a woman So it has sex. got to be... Oh, God, I've never thought about it that even way. Even if you've got one up the arse and one in the vagina, <laughs> that still only counts. That you look, well, I'm doing pretty well here, but it's still, it's still one of each, you know. It's one, one all. Yeah, yeah. For the I mean, it's two, two all. But one woman's done two and... The men have you need got someone two. to do some basic maths here. Yeah, where's, maths. where's Johnny Ball when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, that, that's going to be my new podcast. Regret. Because I think that's it. Because also, if you ask people what their romantic regret is, I think that's it. Because my romantic regret is not doing something, and your romantic regret is doing something or you know, being obsessed with someone that you're obsessed with. Mm. Good. Good. That's my new podcast. This one's over. <laughs> Let's, I've killed this podcast. So what else? Oh, and well, congratulations on getting married. Thank you. Any cracks starting to show in the marriage yet? Um, <laughs> not yet, but I feel like it's very early days. Six weeks. Six weeks. That's, or... a, that's, that's a time to learn. <laughs> yeah, maybe we're like on the person. turn. <laughs> six weeks. I know six weeks into my marriage. Because oh. the thing is, 
So what have I done? What have I done? I was thinking because you know the day's nice, isn't it? And then nothing's as good as the day. I I I really I really enjoyed the day, but yeah. I was relieved when the day was over. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, I found I found the lead up to the day because I I get very anxious, and um, a day when there are over a hundred people. Um, having expectations of it being the best day of your life. And uh, I did, I did in, the, in the end, have a fantastic time on yeah. the day. But the lead-up to it was, like, highly anxious for me. So the, once, I will say, like, if, for me, like, the honeymoon lit really started <laughs> when the honeymoon started. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I felt, I've just felt very happy and relaxed yeah. since. And I feel really... Um, I don't know. I never thought I would. I didn't. I didn't know what it would feel like to be married. If it would feel different at all, um, but I feel very like like it was the right thing. Like I feel very relaxed in it. You. Yes. <laughs> I mean, imagine. Good job. I mean, I if mean, it wasn't the case, I probably wouldn't me. be talking about it. Um, but no, it feels nice. It feels nice to say to say your husband. It feels like sort of that word. I've always struggled with like the words for your partner because saying just sort of partner or life partner sounds a bit like you don't know if that's you know, uh, how serious it sounds like you might just be in business together, maybe do a hemp business together or something. <laughs> and, you know, the word boyfriend sometimes sounds too casual. If you're really committed, it sounds like you're just sort of, you know, having, I don't know, fingering each other or something. And the word... <laughs> and fiancé is ridiculous as a word. Fiancé is... You can't say that without self-deprecatingly going like, oh, fiancé. <laughs> you can't say it without taking the piss out of yourself for even using that word. So to just be able to solidly sort of say husband, as old-fashioned as it is, feels like clear. Yeah. It just feels like, yeah, that's what we are to each other. So, I've, yeah, I like it. Good. And like some people don't get it in six weeks, so you're already beaten some people. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So that's nice to know. I think I, I, I got married, but about the time I start, as I started my uh, Metro column, I think I was getting, uh, maybe, yeah, I think it was just announced we were getting married. We got married quite quickly. And I was sort of writing columns saying, yeah, it's all right, I've got past the two days. Is that... I think like, people have been married for like two hours and stuff, obviously. But yeah, I there think... are quite a few marriages that don't last a month. I think one of the Kardashians got divorced after like four weeks or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. Yes. Well, so well done, you've beaten them. Yes, I mean, the I'm doll. not. You know, I'm not, I'm not predicting it's going to go wrong. No. I've been quite the opposite. I think it's going to be okay. Thanks. <laughs> which is, is which that, is the best. Is that the opposite? That's, that's the best. <laughs> That's the best you can hope from from any marriage. I remember that's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be alright. It's going to be fine. You'll, you'll, you'll stay survive. together. In about 20 years' time, you go, why did we stay together? <laughs> but we've stayed together this long. We might as well carry on to the end now. <laughs> Thank you. Please. That's not just you. That's all marriages. Yeah. Okay. That's my experience. That's all I'm saying. That's my... <laughs> my wife's wonderful. I love her so much. <laughs> oh, honest, she might watch the video. She won't. She doesn't like me anymore. Um, so <laughs> we get on. We, we get on all right. It's fine. Um, uh, yeah, and well, also you like you. I was, you like school, right? I like school. Yeah. I, I sort of preferred being at school. To I didn't. And a lot of people want to leave school and don't enjoy school. I loved school. I really enjoy school. I, I did want to leave, but I did want to. I felt ready to leave, but I loved it at the time. Yeah. I I quite like it. If we could still... I, I almost proposed the idea of having, like, a school for comedians yes. where you could just go in in the morning, you'd do a lesson, which would be just you doing some writing, yeah. and then you could go out and play for 15 minutes. Yes! 
and then you can all have lunch together. But I think like when you're right, when you're a comedian, I really like. I think you're the same. I really like just the enforced, the way it was. The school so enforced, yeah. and there's stuff to do, and there's people around, but the, everything has to happen at the exact right time. I'd love, I'd yeah. love that. That'd I need that. I'm really bad with like self motivating, yeah. and yeah, to have that school thing. Sat at a desk, one of the proper desks <laughs> yeah. that opens up, and a completely um, like an ink pot that you don't need. Yeah. That'd be so nice. Yeah. Should we set that up? Let's set it up. I think what would happen is everyone would just start taking drugs and having sex with oh. each other in the lessons. Well, <laughs> que sera, sera. <laughs> Could work, but you'd need like a headmaster. Yeah, you who would be the headmaster at the school? I, I could Dara. Be, yeah, I guess someone. Could get my, da- my dad was my headmaster. I could get my dad into... Yeah. But yeah, but then age... you'd be like the weird kiss-ass at the school. Yeah, I would. Well, I was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's 83 now. It might not be might not work. Can I be head girl? Yeah, well, that's why I thought you probably were head girl, but you were never head girl. I was never head girl. You're such you so, like, archetypal head girl. <laughs> I mean, that's a compliment, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> if I had to say which comedian was head girl or head boy. Or maybe Sarah Pascoe. Yeah. Definitely not Catherine Ryan. <laughs> She's the cool, naughty one. She was a naughty one. <laughs> um, no, good. But you weren't. What, how, what was the highest level you achieved at school in terms of uh, authority figures? Authority. Um, I was house captain. Okay. So it's, it's yeah. something. It's something. It's good. I was. I was uh, gonna. I was up for non-sporting house captain. What? <laughs> they had sport house captain. It was like they had a sport house captain, and then usually, and then one year they decided, well, let's do a house captain for all the things that aren't sport related, like quizzes and all that sort of stuff. But. <laughs> Like, it's so cla- that's classic like some schools that are like yeah. there's sport and then there's everything that <laughs> yeah. isn't sport. <laughs> but I didn't get it. I got defeated by oh, no. Steve Cheek. I heard I did a routine about it, but I kind of because my dad was the headmaster, so yeah. it was a vote, and literally everyone. But I mean, my three of my friends voted for me, and I could hear through. We went out of the room, <laughs> but I could hear the arms being raised. <laughs> <laughs> what were they wearing? <laughs> Just if there's enough hands going up quick. It wasn't right. like, oh, let's think about it. No, it was like, if loads of hands do that, it makes a noise. And the noise is... <laughs> and if three hands go up, that makes a noise. It was just everyone else laughing. <laughs> uh, I, I got... And some going, oh. Yeah. School was nice. I know my dad was the headmaster. I still really liked school. I think on the last day of school, I was, everyone was really happy to go. And I was, I was, I think I was a nervous child. I was quite scared about the end of school. Yeah, I, I was. I regretted leaving. I was sad to leave just because I, I had a nice time. Yeah. Um, but I just remember we had, we just had, we did have a lot of fun yeah. at school. We got up to a lot of <laughs> scrapes. <laughs> like it was, it was nice. I think I was very lucky. It was, a, it was a nice school, and I quite liked the teachers. Um, I think it just hugely depends, like which school you went to, yeah. and if you liked I think I think some people do just really like the idea of like we've said we we want to set up a school again like yeah. the idea of being forced to sit in a room and write and learn I, I that's my jam yeah I love that I love that idea how because I've forgotten everything now how much is still in there have you got anything still in there I was, mine's all gone I'll tell you what's really. really still in there is all the stuff because I learned it at primary and secondary school is all the stuff about around the period of the Tudors okay my God, that stuff doesn't leave you, does it? Like, <laughs> everything, like, <laughs> was just, you don't know. And then someone's like, well, I went to Bradgate Park in Leicester the other day, and that's where Lady Jane Grey's um, ruined castle is. And my husband was like, oh, so who was Lady Jane Grey? And I was like, 
what? <laughs> you don't know who Lady Jane Grey is? And he was like, no. And I was like, the nine-day queen? <laughs> and he was like, when was that before or after the Tudors? And I was like, it was during the Tudors. Obviously, yeah. like she married like the young King Edward before he died. Of We don't really know what, he was always a weakling. And <laughs> it was all like a massive conspiracy. Like we <laughs> just... This, like, that Tudor period, I feel like I know, like, the back of my hand, and it has not been useful apart from to torment Marcus. Yeah. Was that when the cracks started to show? <laughs> I suppose, <laughs> that, that, that I suppose na- now I'm saying it, yeah. yeah, I suppose it was, like... I remember going there, because we went there, like, when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, and I really liked going there, because I'd have, like, a Zoom lolly from the... Uh, it was an ice cream van. <laughs> what was a Zoom? A Zoom's, like, uh, the rocket-shaped one oh, well, with right, three, yeah. or three or four different uh, colours on it. Yeah, there'd always be an ice cream van yeah, in all of the car was, parks that around was the it. One, that was yeah, the one yeah, I'd yeah. go to, and I'd always have a Zoom. Really nice. Yeah, so I loved it, the Lady Jane Grey. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I associate with her, is a, the Zoom yeah. lolly. She'd love, I mean, if she knew, I don't she could she work out what all that meant and, and go, yeah. you know, yeah, you're going to die, uh, but a little boy in 1976 will really like eating lollies in your memory. She'd be glad. Yeah, she'd, she'd be, be glad. glad. She'd be glad she was dead. <laughs> right, I'm going to ask you some more emergency questions and then we're going to go home. <laughs> Uh, here's a question it's for kids but I'm going to ask you have you ever seen a fairy no I wish I had I used to love stories about fairies but um, I don't think I've ever seen one I had a girlfriend who believed that fairies were real oh god how long did that last I went out for quite a long time what would you say to her when she would talk about it (laughs) (laughs) would you play would you play along or would Um, you like just do a face there was one time when we had sex in a field. I mean, you're, you're asking I, for the conversation. That I, yeah, that, I, uh, that I thought I saw a fairy. So I said, I think I saw a fairy. <laughs> it was night time. It was fine. Yeah, it wasn't, fine, it was, it was fine. fine. <laughs> she believed in fairies, though. I, it was probably not going to work out, it's, it's really, yeah. but, you know. Did she believe in, like, ghosts and stuff as well? well she was very new agey. It was all crystals and mm. uh, no, no inoculations and stuff like that. I mean, we talked about having kids, and I said, we've got to inoculate our kids. She said she wouldn't inoculate our kids. Mm. So we didn't have kids. Because, <laughs> you know, there's no point in having them if they're going to get measles. You know, measles... <laughs> measles... Uh, wipes out the memory of the immune system. Did you know that's the latest research? So it's not just you get measles, you get measles and anything that your immune system has managed to defend you against then gets wiped out. Get inoculated. I mean, you probably are inoculated. (laughs) Inoculate your... God, there's so many people not inoculating their kids now. I know. Yeah. So that's why I could never marry her. I'll talk to you about this backstage. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? Okay. Good. Let's talk about it now. Um... Let's carry on. Get, get inoculated. Uh, get inoculated. Um, what's your most common recurring dream? Um, ooh. Um, well, just a comment on my dreams, first of all, is that they're yeah. inc- uh, almost entertainingly dull. Okay. Like, I dream about, like, me as myself getting out of bed and going to buy some milk from the shops. <laughs> and I still wake up and tell Marcus about it. And he's like, Jesus Christ, Rachel, this is so boring. Um, but I do have, I do have like, um, I have quite fun anxiety dreams. Right. Like, uh, you know, obviously that's what I go for. And um, so, they're, but they're always like a thing that I would, they are quite true to life as in the vibe of all my dreams, but they're like, 
things like I've got to do an opera. So it's always something that I have no ability to do. So like to do a Shakespeare play from memory or something or to sing an opera. And I'm always like backstage and people and I'm about to go on and I just at that point realize I've had no rehearsals. <laughs> I can't sing opera. I don't know the words or the music. And I tell everyone in the dream I go, I don't know the words and I've never sung opera before. And they go, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto all the Shakespeare stuff. So, yeah, I have quite a lot of, like, yeah. very performer-related anxiety yeah, dreams. I have, I have those ones. Do you have the one about doing... I, I constantly have the one about doing my A-levels. Constantly. Like, no, now. I've never had that I'm one. me now. <laughs> doing I'm doing a lot, The last one I did it, I was doing A-levels I didn't even do. <laughs> so it's like the 52-year-old Rich Herring going back to school, you've got to do your A-levels. <laughs> well, I've got them already. No, you've got to go and do them. <laughs> You're doing French. Do French. <laughs> I can't speak French. Can't do you know. And then, but like in the dream, it's like if you don't do this, then you can't do any of your. You can't go back to doing comedy. You've got to go. Yeah, there's so always, it's like, there's it's always the same like, sort of thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, I've got a question for you. In your, yeah. do you have dreams ever where you can fly? And uh, if you can, in what way do you fly? I, I have dreams about falling, but I don't dream about flying. Do you not? I yeah. dream quite a lot about flying, and I fly the way that you would swim kind okay. of thing and someone just went yes <laughs> does this ring a bell so you have to like push your way through the air kind of thing like okay. that and the context in the dream is always that it is it is unusual for this for me to be able to do that but not completely out of the world so no. I start doing it and people aren't like what the fuck's happening she can fly but they are like oh <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to try and dream about that now. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds quite good. Um, all right, we'll do one more emergency question. It's going to be a good one. Be there have been much cleaner questions on stage than, than they were backstage. It's all random, though. I can't choose it, Rachel. Oh. I can't choose it. I just whatever comes up. They're all, they're all they're just none of the rude <laughs> ones are coming up. I probably did. I, well, I'm just trying to work if I asked her this before. If I asked her this before, we'll move on. If you, uh, you recognise this question, you've yeah. heard it before. If you were going to be in a human centipede... Yeah. I think you have. No, okay. go on. What was the end of it? Uh, you get to be in the middle, but you get to choose who's at either side of you. Who would you have in front of you and who would you have behind? I haven't asked that for a little while. Nice to have it back. I don't... Well, I suppose, and I'm sure she'll be glad to hear this, I suppose Anna Kendrick at the front... <laughs> And I suppose, just for karma, Katie Hopkins at the back. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> She's had a brain injury. Give her a break. She's Who has? Katie Hopkins. Has she? Had, yeah, she had a, something done to her brain. That's why she's crazy. Is it why? No. No. I used to... I, when she was on The Apprentice, yeah. I, quite, I used to quite fancy her on The Apprentice. So it's, was it because she was sort of sassy? She was sassy. She, they always they film in the boardroom in a way that makes their eyes really shine mm. bright, don't they? It's that they shine light into their eyes. They, yeah, but it's... <laughs> so she was very... <laughs> could be that. Um, there's one on this series of The Apprentice. I haven't watched it. Uh, she's like a, quite young. But yeah. She's sort of pretty, but she's, she's really posh, called Lottie something. I quite like... She's really mean and nasty and posh. And I quite fancy her. <laughs> and it... I told my wife, I said, that's going to be my apprentice girlfriend. Yeah. She did... And she was annoyed. Because I picked the youngest one as well. So she was annoyed about that. <laughs> <laughs> said, you pick the youngest and prettiest one. I go, yeah, but I like she's mean and 
you know, and I used to fancy Katie Hopkins, and I think it's the same thing. I think Lottie Lyon. <laughs> I can't believe you used to Lottie fancy Lottie. Katie Hopkins. That's um, really weird. But then my wife said she was going to have an apprentice boyfriend and she picked the, the, the youngest, look. hottest she, one. She picked the best looking one and I was yeah. furious. <laughs> and I went, how could she do that to me? I was cool about it because I'd picked my apprentice girlfriend. It was fine. You got in there She first, thought she'd so. get me and I go, no, it's fine. You go out the big eyed idiot. <laughs> well, do you have an apprentice, but do you, do you allow an apprentice boyfriend and girlfriend? You're really, when I say allow, my wife doesn't really like it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't really enjoy the conversation. I don't, um, I haven't seen The Apprentice, so I, it would be no. very difficult to choose. By the end of the episode, I didn't like her anymore. I changed, but I've, I have yet to decide who my new. Yes, I'm right. Weirdos, so you're not letting it go, you are continuing. <laughs> Carry on. But she's glad to know it will be one of the other ones. Yeah. Did you just say she's glad to know? <laughs> She'll be glad K- Katie, to know. she wants to know which one <laughs> on The She'll Apprentice I want as well. You know, when Katie Hopkins, anything's up from Katie Hopkins, isn't it? <laughs> All right, True. one more question. Um, have you ever been on a plane that's been in a genuine emergency and see, oh, it's been in an emergency and seen a genuine look of fear on the, on the face of the, uh, the uh, what are they called, flight attendants? Um... Close, yeah. yeah um, not to the point of the things falling down, no. but to the point of, like, um, it was last uh, February and uh, it was in uh, South Africa, uh, internal flight from one bit to another, and uh, it was so, like, properly, like, that on the plane, like the film Airplane, like, <laughs> moving around, and it was, you know... Bing, bing, bing! Everyone, go back. Put your seats on. And yeah, the flight the flight attendants were looking very worried, and right. then went and strapped themselves in. Yeah. Um, so that was it was quite scary. Because they're meant to pretend not to look scared. Exactly. Yeah, so if they look scared, then it's bad. You're worried. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're still here. Thanks. Um, I've seen it as well. I had I had one where there was smoke leaking in the cabin. Oh everyone, my god! Everyone, everyone, everyone. I didn't, it was right. It was it was further back in the plane, and I didn't see it. And I was drunk, so I didn't know what was going on. But <laughs> we, but, I'd sort of half fallen asleep and I kind of woke up and everyone looked really panicked and I didn't know what was going on except that the plane was heading back where we'd come from. And when we landed, there was fire engines and everything. That's really scary. Got a free day in a hotel in Barbados. I'm not complaining. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> free tab. It was fantastic. I had lobster. Free... had beer. I wasn't meant to have beer. They said, you're not allowed beer. And I said, oh, I'm having it. And then when they tried to charge for it, I said, I haven't got any money left. I've just been on a holiday. <laughs> Best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> right. What's coming up for you, Rachel, that you can talk about? We're probably somewhere um, into 2020 by now, so you can... Are you, are you still touring? 2020. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> quite an interesting kind of, like, meta thing to it imagine is, yeah. where your life will be. Well, let's imagine of... where your life is. Where do you think the, the world, the country is going to be? Do you think we've Brexited while, when this oh, goes God. out? Oh, God. Um... No, I don't, I don't think we'll have Brexited okay. by then. I think it will still be Boris the kind Johnson of... has promised we will, so... Well, he's a man who lots of you things. can trust. We'll still be doing the sort of, like, three-monthly or six-monthly appealing <laughs> for, um, <laughs> for an extension, I think, by then. Um, if this is going if to... he's Prime Minister, let's not make that assumption. Mm. Mm. The people who are listening know it's frustrating, isn't it? <laughs> They're laughing at us. They're really having yeah. their laugh at us. Yeah, you idiots, there's been a nuclear war since you recorded this. <laughs> Katie Hopkins is Prime Minister now. <laughs> um, 
in 2020, I will be doing Ostentatious in the West End oh, um, every week. Scripted, uh, completely scripted. Completely, scr- completely <laughs> scripted, and yet every show's different. Um, <laughs> um, I'll be uh, touring a yes. little bit as well um, in sort of spring and summer. And the Mash Report, <laughs> yeah, good. So this isn't going out <laughs> until that's good. By yeah, then I'll be allowed to say it. Um, None and, of these people will say. And the Mash Report uh, starts in April 2020. Yeah. To be honest, they ring the sun and tell them about that. I don't think they'll get 50 quid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the Mash Report's coming back? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Um, it's gonna be, I had something else for you there, but it's gone. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> please give a massive round of applause, Rachel Paris. We'll see you next week. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Terring, and my guest, Rachel Paris. Thank you to Pest for playing the music. Thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre for having us back after all these long, long years. Uh, thank you to uh, Chris Evans, not that one. Everyone at Go Faster Strike. Hey, thanks to Kathleen McKeegan from Rahalastapa.com. Check it out. It's a great website that really helps me research guests we've had on before. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I'm also indebted to my executive producer, Julie Giles. On set, we called her Jiley Jules. It was very funny. This is a Fuzz Go Faster Stripe and Sky Potato production. Please head to gofasterstripe.com slash badges and become a badger immediately. If you are a monthly badger, you get backstage interviews, you get your ad-free podcasts, you get them a day before everyone else. You get all sorts of little bonus things like stand-up shows and a badge and a membership pack. It's great. GoFasterStripe.com slash badges. Help us make more podcasts. There'll be another one next time. See you around. Bye.